Nicely done, beef. No matter how you're cooked. Grilled, sautéed, stir-fried, roasted, or stewed. Your savory sounds are music to everyone's ears. Yeah, now that's a dinner playlist. Get cooking at Beef. It's what's for dinner.com. Funded by Beef Farmers and Ranchers. And welcome to Out on Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. We're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Startwell. Well, downtown Startwell. It'll be cranking in about two and a half weeks. Next Friday, well, it'll be two weeks. So November the 5th, you got Bulldog Bash. And the reason I bring that up, we're going to talk to Hardy. Had a chance to sit down with Hardy earlier today in Philadelphia, Mississippi native, and talking about coming back to Bulldog Bash on November the 5th. Before that, they've got Pumpkin Palooza going on here downtown. They shut off the streets. They have a bunch of pumpkins out. Great thing for the kids. It's a trick-or-treat. It's just a great event downtown. Charlie decorates fantastically down at his office. You do such a great job. You're a Halloween-type guy. You don't strike me as the the Easter or the Thanksgiving or the Christmas guy. You strike me as the Halloween guy. Okay. Um, I'm not sure how to take that, but it is fall. It's football season, so it's a good time of year, right? It is, and uh, great restaurants. Had a few more great restaurants open up this year here in Starville. You know, Starville really never took the hit from the pandemic like some places, but it is just really, really bouncing back, man. There are new restaurants open, new businesses open. There's construction going on, going on all over town. There's a lot going on here. It really is, and uh, thanks to our great friends at Startwell.org, the CVB. They do a great job here downtown, kind of marrying downtown. You go down University Drive, hit the campus, and so everything kind of working in synergy right now. All right, Charlie, last week state dropping 49-9 decision to Alabama, and so try to put that one in the rearview mirror. Looking back okay, at that. Okay, let's do that. Let's, I forgot about it. So who we play this week? Play the Vanderbilt Commodores. You're so going to make me talk about Alabama, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Hey, looking back at it, and I think we hit it right. I, I went back and watched some of that game actually last night, and I want to drive home the point that I thought the first half shows us we can be a pretty good football team because we had just a couple plays here and there that really were a decisive point in that first half. Second half, though, was not good. Okay, so I want to let's take those in two segments can we let's look first at your first comment that the first half and parts of it showed that we can be pretty good isn't the real challenge right now isn't the thing that's holding back because I think what you could say is we had a good drive going until isn't part of our challenge right now that we depend on having good drives you know we just haven't had when's the last time you saw anybody break away with the football in their hand we just don't have big plays and so I think you're right in your original point, which is, man, we're almost there. But I think it puts so much pressure on you in today's football to have to do things in series of fives. Five yards here, two yards there, five, six, seven there. You sure look a lot better on offense when you rattle off a 45 or a 50 now and then. And we just haven't had that. No, we really haven't. And that's been a real big thing. We've given up big plays, but we haven't gotten big plays. Everything we do is methodical. And that's who we are. I mean, I think after six games of the season, we can kind of say that's kind of who we are. We don't have that. Yeah, Everybody's got potential to have big plays. Don't get me wrong. But we're just not that team that has 
big plays. And so you can understand kind of the fan aspect of this comment then, can't you? Boy, isn't that why you'd love to see Tulu kind of pick up the offense a little better? Because that's a guy who can give you a big play if you get it to him in the right spot. He's definitely a guy that can make big plays. Hey, talking about guys can make big plays, when we come back, I had a chance to sit down and talk with Philadelphia, Mississippi native Hardy. He's uh, Michael he's Hardy. He's okay for himself, huh? Man, he's doing outstanding right now. Everything's blowing and going in the music world. He's going to be here for Bulldog Bash, as we said, on November the 5th. He was at the College World Series. He played at the Neshoba County Fair, and he's got a big day coming up in a couple of weeks here in Startville. And then we're going to talk to Jay Perry, who roams the sideline as our sideline reporter for football, the director of player personnel with the football program, and kind of get his thoughts on last week Alabama and this week going forward around the team a good bit. And so, anyway, good show for you here in the midweek as Mississippi State takes the road to Vanderbilt. And once again, you're listening to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. Welcome back. Out of left field, presented by Farm Bureau. Bart Gregory, Charlie Winfield. We're here in Startville, Mississippi at the Farm Bureau Studios in downtown. And time for a conversation with our good friend Hardy. And this conversation brought to you by our friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. Country Pleasing made right here in the heart of Mississippi down in Florence. It's a great Mississippi product. They're shipping it all over the country right now. Great chefs are using it. These grocery stores across the country, it's catching on. And let me tell you something. Everybody is beginning to figure out what we've known for a while now, that you just can't beat country-pleasing sausage, whether it be the original, whether it be the jalapeno cheddar, whether it be any of their great flavors. It is made right. It's made with lean pork, and it is fantastic for the grill, for the restaurant, or any time you want to eat country-pleasing sausage produced down at Country Meat Packers in Florence, Mississippi. And we're talking to country music superstar, singer-songwriter, Hardy. Hardy, hey, man, hey, appreciate you joining us. I know it's a crazy time for you. Hey, man, yeah, good to be here. It's pretty busy, uh, but but always happy to talk and, and also, you know, never a bad thing to be busy, so definitely can't complain about it. People ask me all the time, away from here, they say, where are you from? And I say, I'm from Louisville. But then from people that are around here, I say, okay, I'm from Nanawoya. If <laughs> If I were to say you are from Philadelphia, or are you from Bogachito, or is it just Neshoba County? For the people around here, exactly where are you from? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I guess I would say Philadelphia. I grew up in the county, but I grew up right outside the, the city limits. But that's funny that you say Bogachito. That's I feel like I grew up more out there. With our hunting land is out there. I mean, I would use, I would say Philadelphia, but I also hail uh, Bogachito and Spring Creek. Okay, that sounds good. Now, listen, if people are driving, you say, okay, Bogachitta is in South Mississippi. No, there's a Neshoba County Bogachitta at the very top of the county. Okay, let's look back. We had a crazy summer, the College World Series. I saw all these pictures on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. How many pictures did you take with people at the College World? How awesome was that entire experience in Omaha for you? It was amazing. I mean, I, I would probably say I took – 500 or so <laughs> it, it was pretty non-stop the whole by the first when i got there to when i left but i didn't mind it at all i was just happy to be there man the whole experience was awesome um i'm not sure if you know todd reeds or not but he's oh, he's yeah. become a good friend and, and he really hooked it up for us and made a cool experience and had us tickets to the series and obviously the dramatic 
way that we, you know, won and we lost the first game and just the whole, everything about it, dude. And we had, we, the state fans had everybody outnumbered and it was, it felt really cool to be there and to be a part of that. How did it come about you going to the College World Series? I mean, I talked to your dad, and he, you were in like Idaho or somewhere like that. Was it one of those things of, hey, guys, listen, we got to take a quick break. I've got to make a detour to, to Nebraska. So we, you know, we obviously watched it real close, and I was in Idaho. I was on my bus. I was actually, <laughs> I was getting a tattoo. This guy was giving me a tattoo on my bus in Idaho, and we were, I guess, bottom of the night in, uh, against Texas, and I told my tour manager, uh, when Tanner Leggett got up to bat, I said, if this guy hits a base hit, call our booking agent right now and get her to book me a flight and a hotel in Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> and he was like, okay. And I mean, when the ball came off the bat, dude, he was on the phone with her. And I mean, I had the hotel, the the Hilton, not the one that everybody, the players stayed at, but the, the Hilton Garden or one of those, it was right across from the stadium. It was booked in a matter of 10 minutes. It was awesome. I mean, it could not have worked out better. And so then uh, I was up at 4.30 the next morning on a flight to, to Omaha. That's awesome. Hey, talk about one of the big moments of the summer, and we're talking to singer-songwriter Hardy. Looking back in July at the Neshoba County Fair, you talk about being from Neshoba County. You were supposed to play the fair last year, then they had to cancel. And then when they announced the fair is on this year, everybody was like, hey, don't worry, Hardy's still coming. Looking back at that night, I've been going to the Neshoba County Fair my entire life. I've never seen anything like that. How awesome was it for you to be a hometown guy, to get up on that stage, that you've watched country music star after country music star climb on that stage. How awesome was it for you to see that big crowd? Dude, I I truly don't think that I have fully processed it yet. Like, I couldn't – it was such a a whirlwind of a day and such a – it, I mean, when I was on there, I didn't even, I didn't even feel like I was playing the fair. It's hard to explain, man, and yep. and I, I don't want to sound like I didn't fully take that that moment in, but it was such a crazy thing to think, like you said, that I've seen everybody, and now, and the people that I've seen now, I'm like friends with, and I have got to tell them about, you know, remember this place with all the cabins, and anyway, I'm from there, and I'm playing there, and then to look out, dude, and to know that we, as far as I know, broke a record on attendance and. Dude, it's crazy. I mean, the whole thing is crazy, and I truly don't think that I've, I've processed it yet. I mean, that was probably, if I have a top three bucket list places to play, that's definitely number one. Yeah, looking back at the pandemic, you guys lost a complete year of touring, and there, there's really nothing good to come out of what happened in the music industry. But if there was a silver lining I would think it, it really gave guys like yourself a chance to get in studio because it seemed like you turned out a ton of songs in the last year. How hectic has that process been of writing songs, getting in the studio, and getting new material out? Last year, it really wasn't hectic at all. If, if anything, it was a time to kind of slow down, you know. And, and aside from my own music, I got to – write with a lot of people that I would never have written with if it wasn't for the pandemic. Everything, I mean, to be honest, last year, everything was so slowed down that there wasn't a lot of hectic, hecticness. It was, you know, we we didn't get to cut the the whole record in the studio because of COVID laws or, or rules or whatever, but you know, we had, we had time. So, so believe it or not, it really wasn't as bad. If anything, it's this year has been, more hectic just from all the rescheduling and all everything kind of exploding back 
you know, the, the live scene and everything. But, um, man, I'm, I'm actually as devastating as it was for the music industry and for every industry. I'm really thankful for last year because it was kind of a time to slow down and put a record out, work on recording some music, have some time to do it to make sure it's good and, and done right. And, but yeah, it wasn't as, as hectic as, as you might think. It was actually, it was actually pretty, pretty chill as they say. Put out a lot of collaborations. You know, one went to number one with Lauren Elena, one beer, uh, Devin Dawson as well. So many people do collaborations differently. Sometimes both people, or every, all the parties are in studio together. When you do collaborations, are you typically in the studio with that other guest or that other artist, or you record it separately? It's been different every time. I, unfortunately, with one beer, I was on the road when Devin and Lauren, they each came in separately to sing their parts. I oh shoot I got one I can't talk about yet because it's not out yet but there's <laughs> a, one that's going to come out soon that I'm really excited about that one is the singer uh, lives in a different state and so I sang it with his producer here in Nashville the one with Brantley Gilbert he and I sang in the room together that day and it, even we were even there when Toby Keith sang his part and uh, the one with Dirks Bentley I was in the studio with Dirks but Freeland sang his part on a different day. So, so they, they, they're all different, but obviously if I got to choose, I would love to be in the studio and like, you know, really create that real sense of like doing a song together. Cause I feel like it's more organic when you're, you're actually in there together and somebody's hopping in the booth and singing and then you're hopping in and back and forth and yada, yada, yada. But um, they're all different, man. You look at the Neshoba County fair and how awesome it was a place that you were familiar with. Two weeks from now, you're going to be at Bulldog Bash. They'll shut the streets down in Startville. You'll jump up on the stage here in downtown Startville. How excited are you to come back home to Mississippi State, to Startville, to do a concert here for Bulldog Bash? Oh, dude, I'm over the moon about it. I'm, I mean, like I said, the fair is a bucket list thing. I, I've, been to, I've been to a handful of, uh, in my teenage, teenage years, a uh, handful of Bulldog Bashes, and so that's, that's up there on the list, too. It really is. So I'm excited. I'm going to try to get a bunch of baseball boys up there to jump around on stage with me. That's maybe awesome. a song or two. And, and um, I'm, I couldn't be more excited to, to do it, man. We're going we're, we're gonna to give it hell. That's great. Hey, Hardy, appreciate it. Hey, before we let you go, in your collaboration with Thomas Rhett, nothing out here, County Line kind of cold beer. In my mind, you're talking about Cheatham's just north of Boca Chitta. Is that right, wrong, or different? <laughs> well, you know, what's funny is, that's a good one, but I was my mind went to uh, Latimer's oh. uh, in West or yeah West Kemper County, closer to where I grew up. Yep. But same same exact deal though, same oh. exact deal. That's funny. And I tell you what, I bought beer. I bought beer at Cheatham's many many times in my life, and, I, <laughs> and I'm planning on doing that here in about a month when I come home. So uh, that's a little piece of home right there. I'm glad you said that. Hey, appreciate you. Hey, great to talk with you. Look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it, man. Thanks for the time. And that's Hardy. Well, great to talk with Hardy, Michael Hardy. His dad, Mike Hardy, helps run the chains on the sideline in football. And you heard him talk a moment ago about kind of redirecting everything, changing his life up. He's going to Omaha. I saw Hardy and his dad, great folks, good folks, just down the road from Nanawoya, down at Bogachitta, northern Neshoba County. So good to talk with our good friend Hardy. When we come back, we'll talk to Jay Perry, the director of player personnel for Mississippi State football and also our sideline reporter, back with more on Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau.
And welcome back to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield, joined now by, I'll tell you what, Jay's got multiple hats. Jay Perry, he's down on the sideline during ball games. Let's just go with the radio route right now, Jay. We want to talk about your day job with, uh, with the football program. Well, I just figure if you find enough things to do, that maybe it becomes a bigger problem to get rid of you than it is to keep you. I think I told you that one time. <laughs> I, th- I think you learned that from me. I probably you did. Be, you haven't got to be great at one thing. You've just got to be decent at like just seven or eight. Yeah, make it problematic to get rid of you. Now, <laughs> I've always thought the key around here was if you work cheap enough, they'll let you do about anything. Yeah, that's right. If you're willing. <laughs> Are that guys willing to do that? Yeah, no, that's, that's right. Yeah, we, we can go radio route. Because if we go radio route, I'm pretty sure I can talk about officiating. If we go non-radio route, I'm not. I'm into gray area. For okay, me. let's go ahead and set the precedent right now. We are radio we are guys. Radio guys. On, I'm on, in. The, on the outside. All right. So I'm going to start us. Okay. No, no. Charlie's going to ask the questions that get us both in trouble. Charlie. Right. Yeah. No, I, I just kind of want a quick surprise, not surprised, agree, disagree. Not a long discussion, but we talked on our Sunday show about what we thought might happen to the University of Tennessee, and you said. $250,000 fine would be kind of the minimum. That's what came out. Good, bad, indifferent, what's your 10-second your, your take on it? I thought it was exactly what I thought it would be. Now, and, and I'll go back to my point, and I made this on Sunday Coffee, too, about the eye in the sky, everybody has video, and now the SEC knows that. They know that everybody has video, and they're saying, we need you to actively try to seek out these people that made the throws. Now, I'll tell you what it does. It really puts – some people at the University of Tennessee in a tight spot. Because what happens if that donor who just gave you $2 million or whatever and their kid's sitting in the student section and they throw that bottle and you're, are you sitting there saying, hey, you really didn't see that guy? Round up the usual right. suspects. Yeah, little, <laughs> right. Right, we, we need some guys to take the fault. This is the Sigma Chi house. We're going to replace him with him. So what would you think, Jay, about where you thought? Yeah, it, it is. And it's, boy, what what a black eye to the, to the conference, but more importantly to Tennessee. I mean, I mean look – I'll be honest with you. I thought they got the call wrong. I, I thought the guy probably got the first down. But be that as it may, and, and I'm I'm certainly not saying I'm correct because I don't really think an SEC official would miss a call. But, I mean, just assuming that I'm correct or incorrect, that just – boy, that just can't happen. Especially that crew, that same crew. I mean, they I don't think they've gotten anything who, wrong. Who was that crew? Well, it was the Curls crew. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. I think going forward, I think where this is going to come into play more – is basketball because we have seen yeah, this in yeah. basketball. Well, Ole Miss, Tennessee, at multiple arenas, we've had it happen in our place. All it happens, all it all it takes is the the difference in basketball. Oh, Jimmy Dykes acts like oh, it's the greatest affront I know. since James Naismith was, nailed up a peach basket or whatever it yeah, was. Yeah, and that was two bottles. That was that was two water bottles. This is compared to hundreds. Right. And so that's there's in lies. There's a lot more people at a Tennessee li- football game. <laughs> but, it's it, proportionate, but, but is it? Who's carrying golf balls to a football game? Like what? Hey, honey, get the bourbon, get the tickets, get the golf ball. I've like, decided, what, by the way, what, I've decided. That? It was a range ball. I think it was a range ball. Yeah, we're going to waste a Pro-V. I've decided, by the way, that the mustard was really being used as a flask. I think somebody got to cover. No, yeah. I think somebody got mad enough they actually walked downstairs and picked up anything they could find in the first And thing mustard they, packets. First thing Fringes. Was mustard. They just picked up a mustard bottle and threw Maybe it. if you're a Tennessee player, you've got an NIL deal with Fringes, though. Isn't there always something crazy when it comes to 
something of that magnitude. You know, there were like red high heel shoes several years ago thrown. No, you're you're right. There's always something there's always, weird. There's always something weird. You know, a, a book of To Kill a Mockingbird is going out there. You know, <laughs> well, I've but, gotten maybe if we were at Vanderbilt, that's what we would get, right? So maybe a good chemistry text or something. Exactly. Did it surprise you at all? No, I thought it was about where it was, and I still believe. And I could be wrong that when you deal with the SEC, there's what you hear and what's released and then what happens behind the scenes. And the fact that there was a $250,000 fine doesn't necessarily mean that's everything. Yeah, no, I think that's right. I suspect it was a a pretty uncomfortable day for for Tennessee administrators. Well, we've uh, avoided talking about Alabama. Let's talk Vanderbilt, shall we? Bart's a big fan of the Vanderbilt football program. Well, before we go there, okay. let's 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 look back. Jay, kind of coming, you know, off a of bye week, and then you play Alabama. And what Charlie and I have always talked about with really good teams and really physical teams, you always worry about. It. And we talked about this up in the post game show the other night. You always worry about one loss becoming two, and then three. Because at times you saw that, and even back, and we talked to Matt about this, even back when we had the schedule of Alabama, then Arkansas, then Ole Miss, it was almost so many of those Arkansas games were because you had just played Alabama and played them tough and you had the physicalness. Looking back at that game, and I'm not taking anything away from Alabama. I thought they were a good football team. I didn't think they were as overwhelming as teams we have seen in the past. Yeah, I agree. And if you're looking for positives at all, and Charlie and I just talked about this a moment ago, I look back at the first half where two or three plays was really a big difference. Now, you got to count those two or, big, two or three big plays. But it shows you when, when you're playing well that we have the ability to really hang with anybody. Yeah, it, it, it was a very strange game in so many ways I, th- I think at the halftime I think it was 200 yards 200 yards um we've not been very good in the third quarter obviously all season but it was strange in so many ways because and coach Leach you know I, I think his big he, he did a really good job I'll tell you you know I've been in I guess it's now my fifth season third head coach and I've been in a lot of team meetings I, I feel like maybe the two best team meetings I've ever been in the Sunday after Louisiana Tech, and then, frankly, the Sunday after Alabama. Because, number one, you know, Coach Leach is not going to run from the issues at hand. We, we, had some, we had some very uncharacteristic issues, communication issues between quarterback and receiver that we've just, frankly, not seen all season. Even in the games that we haven't played very well, we, we've seen some, some communication issues in that game, first and second half. We've seen some guys line up incorrectly we've seen uh some checks that were probably the wrong checks we've seen some checks that we didn't carry out the actual play that we checked to we just had some weird issues we saw some dropped balls we dropped what three slants in the first half you know we just had some very weird things that I think comes in a large part from the fact and it's obviously metaphorical because it's not really on there is the Alabama on the front of the jersey and, and and that's something we and I think Coach Leach that's the one thing that a couple of things that will really you know understandably send him over the edge is is effort attitude especially on the sidelines regardless of of the score regardless of how much times left until it says his big deal zero 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 he don't want to see people you know poking their lip out and feeling sorry for themselves um, and, and then it's about communication but the thing he says too is and, and with this we get, we got to be better at this and that is your best is always good enough. Whatever you do, your best is always good enough. You don't have to be perfect 
in everything you do, you don't have to be elite. Your best is always good enough. Anything in sports, and and you talk to coaches all yeah, the time. Life probably in, in life too. If when you try to do things that you're not capable of doing, yeah, or you speed yourself up to the point where you're over speeding yourself up. That's, that's why I don't do the laundry. I'm just not capable. I, I think that's fair. <laughs> and so you no, just no chosen me messing it up, Jennifer. It, you need to understand. It's not that he doesn't want to do. He just recognizes. I, I, I it's have not his forte. Awareness of my own limitations. Can you at least separate? Before the laundry is done, look. Do you get stuff I, out of your pockets? I consider it like, a isn't, win. Isn't that the big one? Do you get it, stuff? Out if your I get it to the laundry hamper, I, I consider it a win. Charlie's got a bunch of coins. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's that guy. You know, you the highlighter. The, no, she the, the dryer's going on. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, she's happily doing it because she's collecting all the money out of my pockets. It's a heck of a deal. Right, in, right until she gets that blue ballpoint or the, the blue fountain pen. So here's my question, Jay. Uh, you go back. You look at that game. We didn't play our best. I think no, we'll no all question. agree to that. And, yeah. and what's interesting, we had some guys who I thought played really well. Charles Cross graded out higher, at least by some measures, than he has all season. In the secondary, in places, I didn't think we were terribly good. Now, though, how many times do we say this? You can't let one loss become two. No doubt. Yeah, hey, and, this is a big-time trap game for us. You know, because, number one, it's a game you feel like you should win. Number two, you know you've got a really good Kentucky team coming to town, 6 p.m., homecoming game that you have to get to. I will say this. I think our coaches, and as important, I think our players do a very good job. A couple of coaches and I were talking yesterday. What, what's today? Tuesday? What? Today, today is Wednesday. Today's Wednesday. That's right. Today's Wednesday. So, on Sunday, I, I never can figure out my days. It's either a game day or not game day. That's just kind of where I am. So, today's Wednesday. On Sunday, we were talking about, hey, you know, do you almost feel like sometimes players get either over a loss too fast or not fast enough? And, and I commented, I said, you know, I think there's a nice healthy mix because you, you got to put it behind you. I do think our players do a much better job and our coaches do a much better job of putting that game behind you, you know, Coach Leach is a big, you know, we practice on Sundays. Monday's our player off day. So Sunday is the day we're going to do corrections. You're going to meet, watch film. It's all about that prior game. But as soon as we leave the building, as soon as the players leave the building, rather, Sunday night, that's it. That door is shut. Now we come back to the players would have come back yesterday on Tuesday, and it's a new week. Now it's Vandy. I do think they do a good job, but it's in, obviously it's an important game. I mean, and, and you're right, Charlie, we, we can't let – one loss become two, you know, the proverbial one strikeout become a second, you know, and, and I think that I think that's certainly very, very important. And, hey, Coach Leach said in the locker room after the game, if we play Saturday in Nashville the way we played Saturday in Starkville against Alabama, it will be a loss. I mean, we got to be better, and, and it's a, it, it, we got to coach better. We got to be better as, as a support staff. We got to be better as players. I mean, I think we all have a, a role in that. And so we, we just, we got to, we got to find a way. I mean, I'm 50 almost. I hadn't figured out a way to get a day back from the day before yet. So might as well move forward. Here's the thing I think of when I look at Vanderbilt. I compare them, and I think they may be worse than the 2004 main team. Does that put it out there too much? Yeah, put it in perspective. No. Okay. So are you aware, Jay? I think you are. You're, you're, you're a Mississippi State guy. Back during baseball season, their football guys stood on top of the Vanderbilt dugout. Oh, yeah. And chanted and screamed and everything. And Charlie and I have talked about this kind of a lot. 
and I, our our Vanderbilt love is not there at all. This Vanderbilt team is coming off a game in which they probably played the best game they had yeah. all year. They lost 21 to 20. South Carolina drove in the final minutes. I bet it was must see TV. Drove down and scored. Did you see how quick that happened? You have Andy kicked a field goal like a minute and a half to go to go ahead 20 to 14. And then Carolina, who had done nothing all day offensively, just zipped down the field. They scored with like 35 seconds to go into the game. I, I got to be, be honest with you. I didn't even know the score that you just told me. They, I, I, knew that, I knew that South Carolina won. 21 to 20. They had to come from behind. It's it, about a minute to go, and South Carolina realized the name on the other jerseys in that game. Talking about us, <laughs> right, worried about Alabama. Right. Wait a minute. We're playing Vanderbilt. Did I right. step out there too much by saying they're worse than Maine in 2004? Well, what is it about your best always being enough? Maine's best was enough in 2004. Yeah, yeah. Fair point. Wasn't that the weather? Wasn't that the weather delay? No, that was, that Troy. was Troy. That was Troy. That was Troy. Maine was just the game that you know everybody wanted to forget. Yeah. That was a game we like fumbled into the end zone. We had all kind of things happen in that game, but we lost to Maine. But remember the Maine. Remember the Maine. You know, Vanderbilt. You know Clark Lee, first year head coach. He does. <laughs> He comes from Notre Dame, and so he, he does know what it's like to be have an inflated thought of himself. <laughs> <sighs> Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. Seals, their quarterback, we're getting kind of word, you know, the Seals is not going to play. It's going to be their backup quarterback. He played a lot in that game against South Carolina the other day. So, Vanderbilt kind of – Who doesn't remember that? What's that? Who doesn't remember that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I just picked out some information you guys had not studied yet, had I? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I didn't even. I told you I didn't even know the score. That tens of people game. were glued to their <laughs> to sets. Just now, family members turned it all. I'll say it was what friends and family. And the yeah, friends right. went home early. Right. Who did that? I think I think Dave did that game. I think Dave Neal did that game. Should we call Dave and ask Dave Neal? Ask Dave what he did to the folks at ESPN to make him do that game. Cyclone and Vanderbilt. If ever you need to know where you stand, you know, like Fox <laughs> I was talking about. You know, you got your A team with Troy and Jack, and you know, kind of B team with. With Moose Johnston, you know, where is Dave shaking out right now getting Ooh. that one? Well, I'll tell you what, you know, Taylor Zarza gets our game with Vanderbilt this weekend. What if there are two backup quarterbacks in that game? And that's not to suggest nothing's been said about Will Rogers, but Vandy if, has it. We would be we, playing. If we don't play Will, we'll be playing somebody who has never taken a snap. And, Jay, we're not, we're not putting you in a bad situation. Oh, don't worry. If you think I'm commenting on that, you've lost your mind. But let's bring up the point. <laughs> Should we be good enough to beat Vanderbilt with a backup quarterback? You know, we rep, obviously, you know, if you come to one of our practices, it, it, it's a pretty fun thing to watch because, I mean, we will rep, especially when we go into Skelly and stuff. You, you'll you see balls flying all over the field. I mean, we'll have so many guys throwing balls. It, it, it's pretty interesting. So, we definitely get reps. And I, I tell you what, the other thing Coach Leach does, he, he does a really good job on, like, so Sunday night practices – we we don't we typically don't go on the field about seven forty five in in the evening because we the day gets started a little later after the game they do injury check in we'll do a, a travel offense lift travel defense lift go into some meetings uh, meet team meeting at four special teams position et cetera eat get on the field as the season progresses as the guys need maybe more rep time. But in this practice, what are they wearing? Is it a situation of is it just is it shells? Is yeah, it, is yeah, just... it's gonna be shells. Okay, all right. Didn't know if it was just helmets only or what we're looking at well, on Sundays. And it, and it will vary, but let, let's say it's gonna be shells. But as the season goes, and you, and you need to give a little more bounce back to to the legs and stuff, it may turn into what we'll almost call a young guy skelly. And so you have the other quarterbacks, not your starter, throwing 
in essence, a seven-on-seven type deal with younger players to get to get reps and reps and reps. So, you know, and and Coach Leach or, or any coach will tell you, hey, we are who we are. We do what we do, and it's kind of next man up. But you're right. If you ever get into a situation, uh, and, and 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 you've heard a coach talk about it a bunch. You know, we're, we feel pretty good about our guys, but we're not necessarily the deepest team in the country, obviously. And so, as you get into that next layer obviously becomes more difficult wherever you are. We saw it last year at the safety spot. I mean, goodness, we, we were, I think we had, what, four or five guys out for the year. So I, I think we're going to be okay. I, I feel pretty good about where we'll be at quarterback no matter what happens. Well, we're talking with Jay Perry, sideline guy of Mississippi State. What are you, the player development? Is that what, is that what it is? It's Let's not... see, director of player development, and I'm now also and... the pro liaison. Oh, okay. So you added another line to the business card. One more title. One oh. more line to the old signature on the email. Uh, okay, all right. When we come back, we'll have another word with Jay Perry. We'll finish out the show. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us on Out of Left Field. And this conversation brought to you by our good friends at Trax Plus. Trax Plus, four locations, three in Mississippi. You've got the, the hub in Hickory on I-20 between Starkville and Columbus on Highway 82, then, then down in Summit, and then Alexandria, Louisiana. So appreciate you guys hanging out with us. We'll come back and wrap this thing up. Mississippi State and Vanderbilt this coming weekend here on Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. And welcome back. Final segment of Out of Left Field presented by Farm Bureau. We're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Startle. Farm Bureau, go with a home team at Farm Bureau. They have agents in every county in the state of Mississippi. Tremendous service at Farm Bureau. If anything goes wrong at all in your life, a Farm Bureau agent will be right there as soon, as soon as you call. We're talking to Jay Perry and Jay looking ahead to Vanderbilt this weekend I thought last week in the first half, we really mixed up well. And Charlie said last week on our Friday Deep Dig segment about how we needed to be one-dimensional in that game, essentially, to beat Alabama. Because when you look at the NC State game and the Texas A&M games, the games that we've probably played our best this year, we haven't rushed for that many yards. We have thrown the ball effectively all over the field. And I thought we ran well against Alabama when we had to run the ball. You know, you take out the sacks the other day. Do you see this team kind of understanding its identity and throwing it more? Or do you see this team that is getting better running the football, mixing in the run even more? You know, I, th- I think, Bart, that <clears throat> you have to be able to do both, certainly. But, I mean, make no mistake about what we want to do. We want to throw the football. You know, and Charlie and I have talked before about, you know, that little pitch forward we do. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's forward by – you know, eight degrees, but that eight degrees makes it a pass, not a run, at least statistically. Now, in all other facets of life, it is, in fact, a run. It just goes down on the stat sheet as passing yards and receiving yards. But, but I think that where I think we've gotten better, and, and, and look, Alabama, we, you know, we saw plenty of man. I mean, they will jump into some man, and, and teams will – A&M did that. It confused us very early about what they were doing on the back end, kind of disguising it. And then once Will really picked it up, once Will really recognized it, you know, for example, uh, the, the fade to Mackay Polk against Texas A&M in the corner of the end zone. Will checked to that. So that, that was not the original play. Will checked that. He saw him, saw that he liked the matchup out there. 
we we didn't get that so much this past Saturday. And again, that goes back kind of that communication deal. So I think you'll see us continue to get back to, hey, if they're going to do three, drop eight, you'll see whether it's a mesh route and the guys are going to sit down in that zone. If they're man, they'll continue through, et cetera. I, I think we still want to be able to run the ball – I mean, excuse me, throw the ball primarily. And then we recognize and, – and Will has the authority to do some things. You know, if he sees some things, he's got the authority to make some checks, make some changes – to the run game if he if he deems that appropriate. Um, but I still think, yeah, there, there's no question. Our identity, even though you've seen us run the ball maybe a little bit more, I think our identity is, is definitely pretty clear. We, you know, we want to throw the ball and hopefully use this as an opportunity to, to do that. We are basically at the halfway point. Or we are at the halfway point. Yeah. Not basically. We are. As you sit here and you look at it, what's the biggest thing we have to do to improve in the second half, if we're going to end this year in a bowl game. Just believe that we're a better team than maybe we even think we are. I, I really think we're a pretty good football team, to be honest. On both sides of the ball, I, you, you look at – I saw a stat the other day. They had all the SEC teams and the wins against top 25 teams. We're one of only a handful of people that have – we have two. You, you know, I mean, I mean, you beat an NC State team who's probably the best team in the ACC right now. You, you, you go on the road, you beat Texas A&M, who was a top-20 team, at their place, which, frankly, is one of the most difficult places to play in the entire country, certainly in the SEC, I think. And so we we have the ability – and those are probably the best two games we played. Probably the third best was probably the LSU game, um, who, you know, just beat Dan Mullen in Florida. So it, it, it's a very weird season. But I, th- I think to answer your question, Charlie, I think that we – our players – have to believe and understand you are better than you believe you are. Expect something good to happen. Don't be surprised when it does. Don't wait for the shoe to drop. Expect something good to happen. So I think it just comes back to uh, uh, positivity, confidence, among the other stuff. I've been around this game for a long time. Jay, you have too. Charlie, you've been around it as well. Long time. And I can't recall a year. And when you were just talking a minute ago, about LSU beating Florida this week, about you know, about us beating NC State, about Texas A&M beating Alabama. And you look around the country. I mean, Georgia defensively is on another level than everybody else, but offensively, they're okay, yeah. not great. Can you guys ever remember a year? And we talk about, you know, everybody wants to talk about, hey, the same four teams been playing for the national championship. Only five, six teams got a shot at winning national championships year in and year out. But I can't recall a year where when I turn on the TV on Saturday that literally anything can happen like it has this year. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, look, most people or a lot of people going into the LSU-Florida game had LSU not winning another game the rest of the season. Now not only does LSU put up, whatever, 40-some-odd points uh, against Florida, now don't be shocked, and I'm certainly not saying that LSU beats Ole Miss, but don't be surprised if that's not a heck of a ball game with LSU with 10 minutes left to go in the game, still with the chance to win that game. I said this at the very beginning of the year. With the transfer portal, with the one-time transfer rule, intra-conference as well as inter-conference, the days of the traditional teams simply out-athleting everybody they play I think is over. Save a handful. There are still a handful that we could debate, three, four, five teams in the country that probably can do that. But save that, you know, the days of Florida State walking out there and being able to just manhandle 
fill in the blank in in the ACC. I think those days are over, and so I think you're seeing it happen even within our league. Who who are the most productive? Who's the most off productive offensive player for us right now? Probably Makai Polk, right? Probably Makai Polk. Well, he was a Cal a year ago. Who's been pretty productive for Tennessee? Javante Payton. You know, so I, I think you just see that all around the country. I mean, what's his face the other night for Alabama, the Ohio State kid? I mean, I, I think you just see I, – I think – I hate the word parody because, it, I don't know, just, I just whatever. It's like optics. but And they have to hit, though. You know, how That's many, right. How oh, we've hit? had some bad ones. Now, look at some of our quarterbacks last couple of years. I mean, we, we've had some not work. We, we've had – you know, when you, when you look at the transfer portal, everybody talks about getting good. Now, Kentucky this year has been able to hit – yeah. On their transfers. You know, we were able to hit, like you said, on Makai Polk. Sometimes they don't hit. That's the thing that really makes this whole thing intriguing. You start talking about NIL. You start talking about transfer. Absolutely. Pool. I mean, everything plays into part, but they still have to hit. Yeah. They, I they, mean, have, they have to be successful. La Tech had 19 transfers, I think. Yeah, I mean, so it's that's. I mean, it's just. You, 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 I think it changes. So I think that's part of why we're seeing what we're seeing. Because you're right. It, they have to hit. But you're seeing so many teams recruit the portal, and it ultimately hurts high schools, unfortunately. But I think that that's a big reason why we're seeing the anything can happen on Saturday because all of a sudden rosters are changing. Hey, it's just as important for every team to re-recruit their own roster every year. Anything can happen, but we can't lose to Vanderbilt. No, no I no won't question. be back. There will <laughs> no. be no Sunday coffee if we lose to Vanderbilt. You mentioned that LSU game. Just a brief note on that. Ed Orgeron is especially dangerous as an interim coach. Yeah, no, that's a good point. So that's you better, a, Ole Miss better hunker down, buddy, because Captain Ed's coming into town. That's a good point. Without you a know, job. It's, I don't want to get into this, but I'm just going to make an aside. I think at some point leagues and states and universities have to be thankful that there is some government limitation in places on how long you can sign coaches. So let's look at it right now. Ed Orgeron got that contract two years ago. Two years ago, they signed him up. They're going to owe him over $16 million to go away, which leads me to saying, I don't want to be hired as an SEC coach. I want to be, be fired, fired as There's no doubt. But then, you know, you go look at, I don't understand what all these guys are doing. And you, you take Dan Mullen. Who was going to legitimately hire Dan Mullen away from Florida, yet he gets a raise? Who was legitimately going to hire Jimbo Fisher away from A&M, but he gets a raise? It, it's a weird, a weird system going on. No, it it is. It, it becomes quite incestuous, obviously. But with that becomes, you know, demands on the team, demands on the profession, demands on the, the, the individual. And it's, you know, it is what it is. You know, when you get in the business, you know, it is what it is. Uh, you know, but I, I feel like I really do. I, I think what we're doing, and I'm not saying it just because certainly I'm biased, but I, I think what we're doing is working now has it worked as fast as everybody would like there's a lot of talk about you know whether it's coach leach's second year etc but i I really feel like what he's doing you know we've talked about can this offense work in this league i think it is i think it is now we've got to make that next jump we've got to make that next step but we also got to remember there's a reason that no freshman quarterbacks play in this system yet we we had to do it last year and in essence you're almost still doing it because it's not like Will started every game last year. He's now started whatever it is, 10, 11, 12 games in his career. So, you know, we still have to – now, look, we got to make that next jump and, and clearly. But I, I think what we're doing is working. I think that we're – I think it was absolutely the right hire. I think we're very, very close to showing first to ourselves and then to our fans and then maybe to the rest of college football – 
that, that we could be a very, very good football team. And, and, I, and I hope and believe that it starts Saturday in Nashville. Vanderbilt chose us for their homecoming. I'll just say this. Is it really? This is homecoming in Nashville. I did not know that. Hey, I love going to Nashville. Though. Here's we what I want out of you, city. Jay. That's okay. fair. Here's what I want out of you. I want us to put up about our 50th point of the game, and I want you to come on the air and say, Tim Corbin, that one was for you. Oh, I'll say that. <laughs> that last touchdown so, was for you. You three can appreciate this. And I know you can probably tell on the on the pregame show when I'm using a word that I've been given to use, when I use some strange word that I've had to work in. Cabbage patch was one. Purple blanket was one. I've had all kinds. But cumulus clouds. I've you have cumulus clouds. I remember a, a baseball broadcast where we did the SEC network wrap up. Yahtzee was one I had it to get was. In, a home run. That was pretty easy. But yeah, so Tim Corbin, that one's for you. I'm willing to right now, let's see, today's Wednesday. When when does this when does this produce? When tonight. does this come out? So tonight our fans can listen to this, right? Your yeah. fans can listen to this. Okay. We're we're all together. I'm 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 for it now. If you recall, I did talk about Ole Miss hiking their leg all the way up Highway 45 or whatever highway I used in that game. So I will certainly. Bart once got in trouble for imitating Eli Gold. I did. Did you? I sure did. By uh, by a previous administration because I sometimes I can make a mean Eli Gold impersonation, and I was talking about the percentage of fans sitting in the stands that actually stepped in the class at Alabama, and I was told that we did not need to do that. Hey, here's my thing. If we go ahead by 50, right, if we score a touchdown to go ahead by 50 with 37 seconds to go in the game in Nashville. Spike it, call a timeout, do whatever you got to do, <laughs> get on the ball, run a play. No, if we score a touchdown. Do we run or, kick. do we run or pass on the two point conversion? <laughs> That's right. And the only reason we didn't get the only reason we, we went for two is because they wouldn't let us go for three. <laughs> I, I like that. Yeah. I, I mean, look, you know how the adage goes though. I would look, I hope we score a hundred. But if we win three to two, and I know that brings back very bad memories for all Mississippi State fans. I'll still get on the plane knowing I'm four and three, not three and four. So, well, you just know so what? you know that. I, just so you know that. Did, well, I'll tell you this. If we go up there and win three, two, when that plane lands, I'm going to be meeting you. That's okay. Just to let you know I'm dissatisfied. Bring, bring, throw, throw, bring me a beverage. Throwing throw throw bottles and mustard. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> golf as ball. He, as he Don't goes. hit me with a golf ball. <laughs> hey, Jay, enjoyed it. Good to see it, you. Enjoyed it, fellas. Always. Thanks for having me. Hey. Obviously, all your other guests canceled, but I still appreciate the courtesy. We always try to figure out exactly when we were going to run out of people. <laughs> right. And it got you to the, it got you to the week six. Yeah, no, we got week right. six. You got into week seven. Uh, we still got Crowder. <laughs> well, second thought. <laughs> oh, no. Not, not happening. <laughs> I enjoyed it, boys. Great show as always. I love, to, I love to listen to you guys. And that's Jay Perry. Appreciate Jay hanging out with us. Appreciate you listening. We had a great show today. Good to talk with our good friend Hardy. As we're headed to Nashville this weekend, that guy's making a lot of noise in the city of Nashville. And so, once again, thanks to our great sponsors. We're in the Farm Bureau Studios here in downtown Startville. And once again, I'd like to thank our great friends at Trax Plus, Country Pleasing Sausage, and Startville, Mississippi's college town. We'll come back on Friday, have our Friday deep dig, then Sunday coffee as we talk about Mississippi State and Vanderbilt. Once again, appreciate you guys hanging out with us. And also, hey, don't forget, Mississippi Beef Council, brought to you by Mississippi Cattle Producers and their checkoff. You're listening to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau.